All right. Union of the Unwanted back September 12th, 2022. Normally I say, Ricky, take it away. So why not? I'll just continue with that. Let's not break your tradition. Ricky, take it away. What's up, everybody? I'm just going to remind everybody, uh, you know, the basic stuff, get the business out of the way. The Union of Unwanted is... UnionDonwanted.com uh, is where you can find links to all our video platforms, social media accounts, all that stuff. You can get merch there. Also, we live stream every other Monday on Rockfin, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then eventually the show is available within, you know, usually uh, 24 to 48 hours. Afterwards, the audio is available everywhere. And uh, with around then, also the video will be available on Odyssey. Uh, so if you don't have uh, Rockfin, if you're not on Rockfin, check it out. Uh, if you don't want to check it out, you can find us on many other places. So today we're going to be talking about uh, one of Mike's favorite topics and uh, a topic that apparently we have more friends that also want to talk about it than I thought, uh, UFOs. Let's uh, let's dive deep into that rabbit hole. Mike, uh, where, where do you want to start, bud? Oh, boy. There are so many different places. Uh, UFOs always in the news for the past five years since 2017 in the release of the New York Times article about the uh, Tic Tac UFO. And now it just seems like it's part of popular culture. And it's tough to distinguish what is a true UFO event versus what might be contrived. And I know we got some people here that have been to Skinwalker Ranch, which is the, uh, the feature of uh, a very uh, prominent and hit television show on the History Channel. Um, we have a couple of people that have actually been to Skinwalker Ranch. And there's debate about whether or not the phenomenon there is real. If it's extraterrestrial, it's paranormal. And basically, I would like to get people's opinion on what possibly this phenomenon is versus what's presented in the government and in public versus what maybe people experience in real life. So uh, I'm going to head it, uh, pass it over to Tony. He was just there uh, and see if he has any thoughts on the topic. Uh, yeah. So uh, first of all, uh, thanks for having me on here. And I would say that I wasn't exactly at Skinwalker Ranch. I was on the property that butts up against it. And Good that would be the guy below me on the screen, Ryan Burns. That's, uh, that's his property, Space Wolf Research. And uh, we were able to go out there for four or five days and uh, work on a film that's coming out this fall. Um, and uh, Christian, who's also here, is uh, the director of that film. And uh, we've been doing a lot of digging in different areas. We went out to Skinwalker Ranch to kind of like... I guess go into the phenomenon of since we, we weren't going to go on the ranch itself, uh, we wanted to kind of show the angle of, hey, it's not just the ranch that has all this crazy activity going on, all these UFO sightings, but actually it's the entire area and, the, and how the, the history of that area unfolded since the 90s kind of leads everybody thinking, oh, it's Skinwalker Ranch, but it's really the whole area. Uh, well, I would say this, I mean, going out there having the goal of, of what I just stated, and then leaving, uh, it seems like we have uh, a, a very, very much of a mixed bag of a film on our hands, anywhere from the paranormal to UFOs to government cover-ups. Cover um, we've talked to some DOD guys. Uh, me and Christian are going to be going out to Vegas probably in the next few weeks to uh, actually sit down and record with uh, maybe possibly a couple whistleblowers and uh, this film, when we come out with it, the goal, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, Christian, but the goal 
is to basically, we don't really care what angle you come into the topic with mentally. Uh, we want you to leave questioning the angle you had and uh, considering all possibilities. Um, I would say when it comes to the UFO stuff, we did catch, uh, I think, several UFOs on video while we were out there. Um, before I even arrived, uh, Christian, the director, and Joseph, the producer, they arrived a day early. And uh, while they were filming in the valley, they, they caught a UFO flying through there on the cell phone. It's very clear. Uh, and it was all accidental. And then uh, I think the first night that I was there, the sky was just lighting up like crazy. Uh, my one team member, Joel, was just going bonkers. He was absolutely fascinated by it. Uh, and then even leading up to the week of us being on that property, there were some very bizarre things happening. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if, you, if, if I'm allowed to talk to about it publicly and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So um, leading up to it, so that like this whole area has such a, a crazy phenomenon going on that uh, even leading up to us going out there uh, on Ryan's property, he had a big uh, trailer, yeah, it's like a storage trailer. And that freaking thing, uh, like at least a week before I got there, he told me about it. So he had just found out about it. We're not, I don't think you're exactly sure when it happened, but it seemed like this thing actually was lifted up turned sideways and moved, I'd say about, what, 10, 15 feet and uh, dropped next to a shed in a trailer. And there was no drag marks on the ground. There was no, um, there was no proof of uh, uh, vehicles or tread marks of something, big machinery coming in to come lift this gigantic. I mean, we're talking about one of those trailers. I used to drive tractor trailer. It, like one of those trailers you see on the piers that, the, that they load on top of the truck and the truck pulls it down the highway, one of those big heavy metal trailers. That's what we're talking about here. It was probably about a 40-foot trailer. And uh, it, there was no sign of anything moving it other than it just moved on its own. And uh, it, it almost it's like something possibly pushed it up from underneath the ground like a magnetic pulse. And so we're, with, with the documentary, we're going to be looking into the idea of underground military bases and are they connected to Skinwalker Ranch? Is there... Um, a big facade that's being played where um, with like I, Chris, Christian really brought this to my attention. So Christian, maybe you can take it away from this point, but like I would say uh, it, it seems like there's a possibility that because of Skinwalker Ranch blowing up the way Skinwalker Ranch blew up since the nineties, it was a perfect cover story for governmental experiments to be happening underneath the surface because they could use, Oh, it's just a paranormal as a blanket as to why people are experiencing what they're experiencing. I think some of it's paranormal, but some of it might be brought on by um, more top secret type of stuff. Am I wrong in saying that, Christian? No, you're spot on. I think the entire basin, whatever your truth is, you will find it. Um, and you can weed everything else out. If you think that there's extraterrestrial involvement, you'll be able to find that evidence there that pleases you. If you think it's, um, military related if you think it's all spiritual we talked to people who thought that um, in that area they weren't paying any attention to the skies they said no it, this all comes from from ground level this is something spiritual in nature um, so it's the property that we were on um, Ryan's was incredible I think the opportunity that he has right there to be in that situation with that much activity happening is such a huge resource and the fact that he had other investigators coming in this is not something that's closed down like um the actual skinwalker ranch where it's only a few weeks few months out of the year that really anything takes place i mean he has a property there that 
if this phenomenon is real and if it is something that could be tracked, something that could be documented, uh, like the, the potential is right there. Um, and we, when we went into it, we said, this is not something that stops at the fence line. If there is something going on here, then why is there so much control of, over the narrative about this one specific ranch when within 15 seconds of showing up, we had other neighbors who were basically begging us to talk to them. And we felt that some of what they had was almost contrary to what the official story is about some of it. Some of it corroborated um, the official accounts, but it's something really intriguing. I try to not get too involved in it because I know I'll never get an answer that pleases me. So I don't want to keep myself up at night. Well, Ryan, uh, you own the property that uh, kind of is pretty close to Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, beyond the most recent film crew you had out with uh, Tony and the gang, uh, I also saw an episode where you were on it with Mike Baker, former CIA guy and, and frequent guest on Joe Rogan's podcast. Mike Baker was out there, and he was there, I believe, to try to dismiss a lot of the paranormal claims. Can you talk about your experiences there and maybe interacting with him? I'm so glad you brought that up, Mike. It's such a big deal and an aspect that is overlooked uh, much as as Tony and Christian have mentioned. There is a narrative and parts of it that are to be avoided. And uh, one of those areas that is avoided is these uh, secret government projects that are hard to dismiss because we have the money trail with OSAP and ATIP uh, and... We know it happened. The confusion <clears throat> is how how do you separate the actual phenomenon from possible military involvement? And when I first started, uh, I think it's been long enough now, but when I first started going on the property, it was not in the media, it was not popularized. And, you know, I was just a young, dumb kid sneaking in and... In retrospect, many of the things that myself and other researchers saw, we weren't familiar or aware that they were testing non-lethal weaponry, among other things. And uh, the National Institute for Discovery Science had people like Colm Kelleher, who are basically, he's the father of non-lethal weaponry and also very into the occult and has an extensive science and military background. And it, it's tough now because I have some interesting people at my disposal. I'm a lot older. Um, I've got an entire company of rocket scientists and engineers that are interested in this problem. And I've got to be careful of NDAs, of course, because I have signed them. But the good news is I did add 10 acres to the east to the property. So I'm super stoked when Tony and Christian come back out. So there's a little bit more land. And uh, this particular situation with the uh, container is strange because the lack of evidence, uh, it's all pretty much residual evidence with decay levels, um, beta, gamma, other radiation levels going down. The container itself was magnetized and that those levels are going down. And what's very odd about the area is I I recently took my mom, for example, to the area, which in retrospect was a mistake. She's 73 years old. And um, we had a situation where 
I heard, for example, the car door is opening and closing on the car. This this has happened to me before in other areas. And so I kind of went out and I said, hey, mom, I'm going to check this out. She slowly got up. And when she came out, I was already out on the other side of the container and there was a beam of light coming from what appeared to be around the container, looked like a beam coming from the air, but it always seems to use angles to hide itself. When she came out, she noticed that the lights inside the car were a different color than they usually are and strobing different colors. So, and a lot different wattage than it usually is. And by that point, she's like, Oh my God, my son is in this beam of light, you know, kind of a Travis Walton scenario. And instead of being fearful, I was like, no, mom, come over here. Like get in the beam with me. Check this out. This is really interesting. And she did. And I just wanted to show her that it had no point of origin. You know, it was coming from one side of the container one moment and then the other side of the container the next, all was just out of view, you know, typical trickster. Uh, You couldn't tell where the beam was coming from. We got in the circular beam of light and it would not, you could not cast a shadow on the ground. So some things I believe fall into these areas that can be dominated by physics, like these military tests, but others, as Christian said, I do believe that there is an actual trickster entity in the area well it's yes. it's it's it seems like uh like what you mentioned here is how do you distinguish between what is a genuine event and then what is government uh manufactured it kind of reminds me like what's going on in in ufo news today it feels like kind of what the fbi has done the fbi will find a terror cell. They'll get informants in there in order to guide the terror cell to their so chosen destination. Or they'll invent some stuff to make things seem bigger and more terrifying than they actually are. It kind of feels like the military and the government are doing the exact same thing with the UFO phenomenon. Hey, I just wanted to jump in real quick. Uh, I totally agree with what you're saying, Midnight. I want to introduce my buddy, Brian Marino. Uh, he has a movie dropping tomorrow on Apple TV, and uh, it's in their dreamland. And he basically, you remember when everybody wanted to storm Area 51? Boy, he put a movie together, and he went and he talked to a lot of people about that. And so that kind of fits in exactly what we're talking about, this trickster stuff. So, Brian, real quick, if you just tell us a little bit about your movie and your whole thought on, you know, maybe like intelligence being involved in some of this stuff. Great, great show. So great. Great. I love this panel. A lot of great people here today. Yeah, super great to be on the panel. Thank you for having me. Um, I think some of the Skinwalker stuff is very interesting because very... I think so much of this can be attributed to um, the intelligence community and like one hand not knowing what the other is doing. But when you get involved into the trickster stuff, as you called it, which I think is a really good name, I think now you might even be talking like more interdimensionality kind of creatures. And, and that's something that, like I say, we're, we're all of this is in topics that cannot be proven or disproven. But some of this stuff does seem to be to be to be leading us in some direction. And like you say, um Maybe, maybe it is different, um, different entities trying to fool us, or maybe it's our consciousness just like we don't know what we're seeing yet. You know, it's still like our consciousness just isn't 
like our intelligence and consciousness just isn't open and high enough level to really receive some of the stuff that I think is being sent our way. Me no, ask, I Go on. I'm sorry, Jack. Uh, I was going to ask uh, both Ryan and Brian, um, you know, the, the American Southwest is notorious for weapon testing uh, in, in the American military and the intelligence community. And one of the things that seems to tie together uh, what could almost be considered like alien technology and uh, the militarization of the area is uh, possible direct energy weapon testing. Do you think that that is a prospect uh behind what could be causing some of the oddities in the area i mean everybody is going to be able to, to to talk about the you know the possible radioactive uh, effects in the area but there seems to be something uh, slightly transcendent in the stories that come out of that area and i'm wondering if it has anything to do with direct energy weapons Can I ask what the ley lines or if anyone's looked at the soil? I, I actually don't know about this story other than it's being featured. So I don't I don't know if you can provide a little bit of background. So yeah, such a good question. The ley lines are definitely in proximity to, for example, the 37th parallel, uh, which has been highly documented in a book by the same title. And I've, I've spoken with quite a few researchers who believe that's a part of it. Um, as far as a direct energy weapons aspect, there is something super interesting in the history of it, the property that I purchased, which is uh, we had a 40-foot recreational vehicle there parked for more or less as quite some time as a base camp of sorts where different researchers and investigative crews would come in and they could stay in it. And it was roughly located where this container was moved and it was vaporized for lack of a better word in the middle of the day by the closest thing you could call it is lightning. And what was very strange ab about that is, I mean, pretty much all that was left was glass and molten metal uh, the frame was somewhat intact-ish, but what was very strange is that there was not that burn smell that uh, inside this trailer that the back the back of the trailer had uh, that was parked nearby this yellow trailer had the lights and reflectors etc melt off of it. Yet there was none of that like fire smell. It was more like an ozone smell. And um, to the other question, as far as the Southwest, I do believe that we may be dealing with a naturally occurring, somewhat predatory entity that's called Earth Home for Millennia, because delving into the uh, deep occult Native American aspects of this, as, as he mentioned, this type of stuff has gone on for generations, 15 generations that we know of, according to the youth. So I don't think that that can be ignored. So just doing a quick search, it seems like the 37 degree latitude is called the UFO beltway. I'm assuming you guys know this, but that's that's wild. Yeah, a lot of sightings happen right along that uh, that range right there. And yeah, it's documented in a book. I think it came out in 2017, 2018. It uh, is very fascinating. 
Um, but go, just to go back to Brian real quick. So Brian, yes, sir. In 2019, there's a there's a lot of hype around storming Area 51. I was living in Phoenix at the time. I told my wife, right. I'm thinking about going up there and 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 documenting the madness. And then I got lazy. And thank God I didn't go because it turned into uh, a little bit of a shit show. Can you tell us a more about what you're documenting and what your movie is going to be about? Oh, sure. Well, let me be clear. This movie is a failure story. Okay. And I like Sammy, I'm also a comedian. So through the, uh, the the whole storming area 51 event is more of a vehicle to drive the story and as i was telling sammy like one thing that like bothers me about a lot of the ufo movies that we currently have is after 10 15 minutes your eyes start to glaze over you know and, and it's not and i'm not trying to you know knock anyone else's you know movie making ability but i think sometimes you have to interject a storyline in order to really show people new information so this movie not only do i feel like it's the most comprehensive alien documentary there is it's the most watchable alien movie so let me be clear like the whole storming area 51 event is just a vehicle to tell the ufo story and this is the whole ufo story i use clips from joe rogan jeremy corbell obama you know like i really try to interject a lot of um a lot of the public sentiment because every character in the movie i hope it represents someone here in this in this meeting right now because every character in the movie should represent some aspect of the ufoology rainbow like you know there are the people who are in total disbelief and you go to the other side of the spectrum the people who believe everything is ufo involved so that's what this whole movie it's a 90 minute very fast paced film but it's for everyone in this community and even for those just on the very edges of it I'm just um, having this understanding when Miriam brought up the ley lines and we're talking about this ancient being uh, and the native peoples having had encounters with this trickster energy in that location for all this time that, um, you know, perhaps this is where this energy comes in more easily. Maybe there's some sacred geometry reason. I know that people have posited that before in the past that certain parallels are like the intersection of whatever, and this is how maybe beings come and go, but maybe it's also where they um, can express most easily from whatever sort of dimension they're in through these ley line convergences and these certain parallels. Uh, and that's just where their intelligence can kind of come forward. But I was also thinking when I was thinking about that, that what if, what if like half the phenomenon that are happening at the Skinwalker Ranch and in this area in general are kind of like not the government necessarily trying to cover up for itself, but this entity sort of trying to cover up for itself where it's like, yeah, I'm really scary. Like, look at what I'm going to do to these cows or something like, you know, like you guys should stay away from here. Then maybe there's actually a reason too. like, maybe it's not that safe in some ways for people. I don't know when you're talking about standing in the beam of light. I'm like, I don't know if I would have done that. Like you're very brave. Because uh, who knows what is in that energy or, um, but it's interesting to think of that angle too, that this entity actually is there and that maybe it does some of the things it does to keep people from wandering in deeper or finding out where it truly is or what it truly is. It's just, uh, it's just striking me now that maybe that's part of it. I have a quick question. Why do you guys keep referring to it as a singular entity? Why is that? Why, why couldn't it be simply the location look if if there are beings that travel interdimensionally the way it's been explained to me our planet is simply a way station on the intergalactic highway 
and a lot of different entities come here and we are the tribe in the bush that has barely that barely has communication that barely has use of energy in the facilities so why do you keep referring to it as a singular entity i mean well, per personally i i think it's like you said this is it's it's like we're at walmart but we're we don't even realize we're at walmart everyone else is coming and going and taking what they need and and leaving um for me it, i guess like when you say it's aliens, it's a quick way to just categorize something in a, a very like wholesale way, probably inaccurately because of out of all the UFO abduction uh, stories that I've read, it there's hundreds of different eyewitness, you know, variations of of these of these entities. So yeah, it's it's not probably just one thing, but uh, and for the sake of brevity, I just say it's aliens. It's like I think I think, I think I think Ryan was uh, talking uh, about the specific thing at Skinwalker, wasn't he? Hey Ryan, weren't you talking about sort of the legend of that specific phenomena at Skinwalker as one entity? Yes, it's been. I, I think it's best coined because I I would totally agree with uh, with the statement Brian had because, but then again, there's there's another aspect. So, for example, there is a very common phenomenon that's known as the disembodied voice phenomenon, where if you're walking along certain areas, you'll literally hear the chatter of two different voices above you six to seven feet off the ground. So there's obviously multiple entities having some sort of conversation, and it does seem trickster-like in that they seem to be chattering about you. And uh, it sounds super, I mean, super schizophrenic, right? And uh, yet, yet at the I'm same, mildly schizophrenic, just super schizophrenic, super schizophrenic. schizophrenic. And and you know, you can have multiple researchers and all experience the same thing, so that that adds some validity to it. But yet at the same time, you know, in the words of Colonel John Alexander, the way he termed it was a precognitive sentient intelligence. In the fact that it's not completely omnipotent in the big G sort of God way. But it's definitely precognitive in that it can know what you are about to do. And so it's definitely, I would say, godlike in the little g god way, if you're into the hierarchy stuff fundamentally. But, you know, uh, the, other, the other thing that I think is super important is what Lindsay mentioned. And it is these possible dangers because a lot of the uh, sky camera feeds have to be like radiation hardened and shielded as far as electronics. These things do break down. And when you figure that the human brain works on electricity as well, uh, some of these uh, tricks may be very eloquently adaptable to messing with our thinking. So whatever it is, I do believe that it's like, it's like a Walmart or a super nice aircraft carrier that multiple, uh, multiple aircraft are using to, exit and enter our dimension but then at the same time there is a solid basis for it being one entity or alive in some sense at least from an intelligence perspective ryan you mentioned that there were 15 generations of native americans at least that had some sort of recollection of this is there any was is there a common denominator in their stories are they all talking about the same sort of things does it change over time like how does that how does the their legends or you know what they're how they describe it how does that match up with what you're experiencing now super similar in uh i really really liked uh the earlier comment about whatever you find 
is something that you were searching for or whatever you search for is something that you will find. And it is uh, very similar as well to like other cultures that have similar, sim similar entities such as the jinn in the Middle East, you know, where oftentimes people would go into the desert searching for the great teacher and end up with very similar events of um, entities basically shape-shifting, manifesting in different ways that are only estimated by your own creativity. So it's very difficult to explain, but it, it it's kind of a blank canvas. What you go in with is what you come out with. Uh, it's my belief, man, that this thing fits into the whole spiritual war. Everything's a spiritual war from what the elites are doing to these alien UFO sightings. Everything's spiritual. These entities are spiritual, fallen angels, interdimensional, all that stuff. All these pieces fit together that wherever we live, whatever it is, whether you want to believe we're, we're on a just a giant rock hurling through space, we're a flat earth and we don't move, whatever it is, man, uh, this is much deeper than just people in ships coming from other planets to me. This is a dimension, interdimensional spiritual warfare. And I personally think uh, we are a little bit more than just, you know, monkeys in shoes running around. Uh, I think we're very special. We're very unique. And I think the, the elites who have made deals with these dark entities, uh, they know that. And they're here to wage war against us because they are trapped here. I, I, I really do believe that. I've had, you know, guests on who talk about from a Vedic astrology point of view and that, and it's just like, do the pieces click? And it, it clicks for me. Do you have entities that are trapped here and they hate us for that? Everything that these elites are doing is to bring pain and suffering to us, to lower our frequency, heighten our anxiety so we're manipulated and they could jack our loose. That's, that's my opinion. Everything being discussed here today fits completely into that narrative. And that's the smoothest narrative of them all that you don't have to go, well, but, well, but, well, but. And that's just me, man. So this, again, to me, is all spiritual. And, you know, I have a podcast called Zero, and nobody listens to it. It's like I get, you know, Tim Fall has doing extraordinary, and nobody listens to Zero, and that's okay. I don't get mad. I, I don't really advertise it outside of my, my social media because if you don't want to balance it out, if you want, if, if you find out things going on, you don't want to learn how to deal with it. I can't really help you on that. Everyone's kind of loves fear porn. It's why all this murder entertainment's doing very well, because I guess it's maybe just sexier. I don't know, but I live in a very spiritual place and, and uh, I don't know, it's just easier to deal with all this crazy stuff. So I, as I said before, I think where we live is uh, just the Royal rumble, Right. And everybody comes here, the bang and you have the grays and the wolfman and the Bigfoots and the ant people and all that. And it's just the Royal Rumble and just it's WrestleMania, Madison Square Garden. Everyone's here to get weird. And that's kind of what this area is. So that's kind of just well, problem. they're well, they're all welcome as long as they're vaccinated. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, and you have to remember that you're absolutely right. But if you're an interdimensional being like a gin. Right. Or like a skinwalker, then you can look any way you want. So you can look like an ant person. You can look like a gray and you can look like anything at all. You could look like a Bigfoot, in fact. And the other thing I think that's important about what you're saying, Sam, which I think is absolutely right, is that there's good beings, too. Right. That even the jinn and the demons are fallen angels. So 
you know, there's the good and the bad, just like there's good and bad people. There's the whole spectrum of, of beings in this level, in that dimension or that, you know, energy state. Speaking of the spiritual stuff, did uh, Tony and Christian, when you're on Ryan's property doing this investigation, that's filming, was there any intention work or conscious communication attempts or was there the opposite, like trying not to communicate at all with these entities? So um, for me, the way I, so I do these tours for my show sometimes with listeners and we go to these haunted places and and these haunted places, like they have these people doing the whole ghost hunting thing. And it's just not my style. It's not my thing. Like, like I, like the way I feel is like, if this stuff is real and it actually exists in this moment, in this place, like there's people who accidentally have paranormal encounters for a reason. I probably shouldn't have to try summoning something in order for me to have action if it's really real. And so going into this and stuff, we really didn't do a whole lot of intention work or anything. We existed in the moment. We existed in the space. And we did what we could do as far as like running down certain leads and talking to certain people. Um, but just existing in the space, we had bonkers stuff happen. And like, and it just kind of goes to my my um, my thought process on the stuff. Like, it, it also for on a, on a on a spiritual side for me, I, I don't believe I, I should be doing that stuff, so I don't. But like, I, I just it, it works for me. And like, we went to this. I went to this one like super haunted hotel. Like, I had a lady. So like, these tickets are not cheap. Like, each ticket's almost a thousand dollars to go on these tours with me. And this lady paid the money, gets there, she's in the building for fifteen minutes, gets an Airbnb. Because it was like, she was like, I can't stay here. And like, we go in there and stuff. And like, I'm just like, let's just exist in the moment. And I'm up in this portal room that has like all this crazy stuff happening and stuff. And I'm just sitting in there existing. And like the the most action we had that night is when people weren't trying to do something and all of a sudden it happened. And so that's kind of like what I go into these, these situations with and stuff. And I also feel like um, it, for the people viewing and the people consuming the content, it, for me, I feel like, there's a there's a certain legitimacy to it as well because uh, you don't you're not consuming the content saying this guy's trying too hard I'm barely trying I'm barely <laughs> trying and stuff's happening and so it's just like one of those things where that's kind of like how I go about it and stuff uh, I would say kind of hearkening back to everything here um, listen uh, Christian and I are next week are going to a undisclosed location that uh, is one of the locations that I feel is a natural portal location like where crazy stuff is happening. And it seems like I, I personally feel like there are places geographically on this planet that are portal locations. That's the best way I can describe it. I do feel like the Skinwalker Ranch area is one of those locations. And so when it comes to entity versus entities, I think that area has entities. A lot of like, that's why I think we have so much crazy, weird stuff. Like, like, I saw a Bigfoot. I saw a dogman. I saw a skinwalker. I saw UFOs. I saw a trailer lift off the ground, land again. The reason why this stuff's happening is because I think it's a portal. And I think that that there's, if you heard me last time I was on Sam's show, like, I went into this long story that I regretted because I felt like I gave away too much information. But like, like, I'm working on a story right now that it, like, listen, you're talking. You're seeing a guy right now. That I 100% believe portals are real. There's another dimension yeah. re- that's real. People are people are opening and closing these portals and allowing things in and out. And these things are coming in and out willingly. And so when we have that happening, who knows what's going to happen when, on this side of reality? So I think Skinwalker Ranch is one of those locations where it's just a natural thing happening, and we're just free to exist and and in, in the moment and experience it. Tony, have you been to Saint Augustine? That's where I'm at. I'm, I moved to in 
I it's a portal here. Is Have it? You heard of it? Yeah, I've, it's I've, the, I've never been there. The oldest town in the country, and what I felt when I've gone downtown is that they haven't covered up the different eras, so you can like you can uh, tap into like a pirate vibe or a colonial slave vibe or just just all these different vibes, all these different architectures. It's very. There's also a star fort, like. 15 minutes away from me. So just curious if it's come across your radar. Uh, not, not much, but the star fort, please tell me what that is. So I'm, from the days of Tartaria, they're, they've been named, it's named another fort. I don't know what the, but it used to be, they're all, there's like about, I think, what, 4,000 of them in, in the United States, all over the world. And the way they're positioned, they're near water, there was moats, and uh, a lot of them have, I, I'm not an expert, but a lot of them are with tall buildings because they're harmonizing or trying to harness the electricity, and they've been renamed, and it's part of all of our hidden history and and, and uh, the bullshit that we've been fed. I'm sure many wow. of you have heard of Tartaria. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, Dave and I do a side uh, thing for our members, and we covered Star Forts with uh, Matt Terillion from the Great Deception Podcast. That is who you need to check out for that. Absolutely amazing alt media united guy, unbelievable uh, about these Star Forts. And we brought up the oscillation, the resonators. If you if you do like an oscillator and you run a single tone frequency through it, and they change. It it makes these star patterns, and they're all unique and different. And these Star Forts also mimic those patterns, and they're most of it's under underground always around water like you said perfect uh they were definitely much more than they're called defensive batteries right but maybe a battery like in the power generation sense as well so you know the it's interchangeable there's a lot of uh amazing things with that especially when you think of also the sometimes towers that were in these things that rang bells at a certain frequency which we know bells were a huge thing sound healing the different uh, frequencies that the cathedrals were tuned to allegedly uh and so this would actually amplify the energy of that area also surrounding them were just these intricate crop fields that were fascinating and yielded way more, by the way, just like the theory of Stonehenge, where um, uh, Dr. Levengood actually did a paper on this, where and he proved it, and he got a patent on it. You can take seeds, put it in the middle of uh, Avery Circle and Stonehenge, and they will actually yield 10% more if you plant them outside. So this is what the pagans did. They went there, druids and everything, and they put seeds there and then went to their respective lands. So there's this energy component, and then the star forts mimic this as well. So the crops produced right around that area, due to whatever power it was or whatever lost technology, uh, they yielded much more. It's fascinating. The energy is amazing, especially yeah. on the north side. It's, it's amazing to me how beautiful the cathedrals and the architecture and how ugly it's devolved into it's i don't know why instead of optimizing and harmonizing we've gone the opposite the os opposite way I, I don't get it john d rockefeller yeah but well, we're coming I, out of that it's okay well, dude making deals with entities that's what <laughs> these elites so have this done is, this yeah. this is something i wanted to touch on here because i think it's very important and something that i talk about a lot with folks i know bledsoe dave everybody's touched on this because this is kind of where you get to with this is when you start studying like contactee cases, the, the incidents and the interactions people have with what they feel is an extraterrestrial or a paranormal or some sort of entity 
that's really other, right? And what's most fascinating about it is the subjectivity of each encounter and that they're completely different. So what I kind of think is whenever you said, you know, is this one entity or why do you call it one entity? Well, we're not, maybe we're not far off. If you zoom up at a high enough level, any type of technology would just be consciousness, right? So if you look at it this way, perhaps what this is, it's just a facilitated experience for everyone to have here in your own tailored little way. And you get to dip into this badass expression or manifestation of the same one single entity, maybe. I mean, it's just one proposal. The other interesting part, again, is if you get contacted by Grays, I know a lot of these, it's not 100%, but if you get contacted by Grays, you're contacted by Grays forever. If you get contacted by the Pleiadians, that's it. You, you get those. And so it's kind of like they tag you or something, and you kind of are in this click. And so it's not 100%. Sometimes there'll be different entities that pop in and out. But a lot of times what's interesting is, again, as children, they'll manifest as three-foot-tall stuffed bears. And there's several people who say that they'd evolved from when they were kids and then ended up being this entity, whatever that is, a manifestation of consciousness in this way to facilitate an experience. Who knows? And it evolves over time with the maturity or the level of consciousness at which the receiver is able to comprehend. So it's, only, it's all about you. It's your vibration. Because the world isn't as it is. It's as you are. It's also really fascinating along those same lines that UFOs over time have always reflected the technology of the age. They're like just past that, right? Like UFOs used to be in the form of like Zeppelins, right? And now they're like this or now they're lights that go way too fast or all that sort of stuff. So exactly like you're uh, saying, Brandon, it can shift with your consciousness and what you can even understand or perceive or what works best for you. Uh, and on that same note, there's all this research. I think I first encountered it in Graham Hancock's book, Supernatural. Uh, where he talks about how the fey folk experiences, the fairy experiences, um, everything that people experience on like DMT and other hallucinogens, um, and then also alien abductions, they all mirror each other perfectly. Um, shamanic encounters as well, when shamans go out and interact with entities, the things they experience. So there's similarities throughout all of this, but some we classify as paranormal and some we classify as UFO. And really, there's like way too much connectivity between all of them where they're paralleling one another. I do think there's also physical things out there, physical ships and physical discs and stuff. But I don't think they're from other planets. I think they're from black budget ops. <laughs> like I think that's what those are from. Um, but maybe, I mean, who knows what, what all could be out there. But it does. It seems to shift with your consciousness. Um, Lindsay, no let matter. me... Let me ask you something. You brought up Han uh, Graham Hancock, and one of the things that he is adamant about is the fact that we have completely fucked the writing of history. We've completely erased societies that have had very advanced technology, according to him. And there's, you know, the Younger Dryas era; these 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 meteors hitting the Earth and wiping off a very advanced civilizations. And uh, just to tie it back into the 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 uh, subject of conversation a little bit. Uh, a little bit ago was these hot spots, ley lines, star portals. Is it possible that some of the technologies that were being utilized by these ancient civilizations that we have no recollection of left off some type of uh, aura or something that uh, has an influence on how people today feel in those particular areas? Absolutely. It, even if we just talk about like cymatics and sound healing, like I think Miriam brought up in connection with star forts, that energy isn't going to just go away, that that physical structure is still there creating that energy. So even if it's not in its prime and it's pristine place, it's still in the right place on the planet 
right? Where that whatever energy celestially might be hitting in just the right ways. And then it's still holding that pattern there for energy to flow through and, and manifest whatever. So I think you're absolutely right. And that it's still, it's still creating to this day. I have a little bit of um, insight there. If it's okay, if I jump in here. Okay, so um, for those who I haven't like introduced myself to yet, my name is Ryan Bledsoe. Long story, going to cut it very short, but my family is one of those ground zero families that's um, had some sort of contactee experience and has been studied by various intelligence agencies. And um, just the anecdote I wanted to bring into the conversation here was about the manifestations, uh, particularly of physical things. Long story, but in 2013, a member of this esoteric Illuminati-esque organization within the CIA and the Department of Defense and the world of the academic uh, professor, et cetera, et cetera, came to my property with some exotic technologies, had a CIA, Area 51, Air Force Intelligence, and NASA badge, flashed us all of them, and basically briefed my family on the nature of some of the things that they believed that we were experiencing and handed me two pieces of metal which were exotic and they had the, um, like a honeycomb lattice shape on the inside, which they were able to use this technology to develop like stem cell cancer healing type shit, like secret behind the scenes shit. And anyway, what was explained to me was that there are entities that are manifesting these physical forms in order to further the technological advancements that humans are experiencing at the highest levels. So essentially they call it the giving field or the gifting field. And it's somewhere out in New Mexico and that the metal itself, when observed, is actually organic. It gives off the quality of not just being some dead metal, but it's actually alive. It's a it's a sentient piece of material that is materialized from a higher realm from these intelligent entities so that they can further our technology. And things that we wouldn't even think about, like fiber optic technology, the internet, holographic technologies, all of these were mentioned by me in some way to have been influenced by some sort of entity contact through different super geniuses throughout history who are having entities manifest in the room and giving them the download for patents and things like that. And, you know, when you talk to some of these high level CIA players and, and some of these um, elite like billionaire banker people behind the scenes, the consensus at these levels, at least in my experience, having met these people is that it's all about consciousness. It's all about manifestations of consciousness and they liken it to the fairies or the genies or the angels of the ancient past. And in reality, the, you know, the majority of the physical alien stuff is just propaganda to keep the sheep trapped in material reality. Could you could you explain what you mean by manifestation of consciousness a little more? Because that term is used a little loosely. Yeah, I mean, like, let's just paint the picture. There is one original eternal consciousness that exists somewhere in the very highest realm of light. And the little orbs and things that we're seeing in the night sky that are popping down from this realm and they're giving us a big wave and saying, hey, we're real. Here we are. You know, you can connect to us with your thoughts. Stephen Greer's out there doing it. You know, he's charging $5,000 a pop, but he's doing it and he's getting success. My dad, um, he has an Instagram, Christopher Lynn Bledsoe. He has thousands of orb videos. He goes out every night. Hey, would you show yourself? And boom, they appear. And next thing Do you, you know, still experience. Yes. To this day. Absolutely. Um, right. Brian, so, so I just like have a couple questions then for experiencers. 
Sure, um, absolutely. I don't be, mean to derail the conversation, by the way. It's just this, it's pertinent. No, this goes with Bledsoe, with Tony. Hey, hey Brandon, great to see you, sir. Good to see you. Um, yeah, Brandon's one of the few people that have already seen my film. I tell you, um, you guys, it's out everywhere you watch movies tomorrow. You'll like it. I, but this I whole thing. I wore your damn shirt tonight. I'm, I would have been embarrassed <laughs> if I did. It was between Matt Landman's Stop Geoengineering or your shirt. I'm dead, sir. I had the both, and I went, mm, I'm gonna wear this one. So yeah, thanks. if you guys ever shoot me a message, I'll make sure you get some Dreamland swag um, sent to you but i guess my question about the experiencers this is what i kind of brought up initially i think and this goes with the ley lines our whole planet all this is energy we're all talking about energy and like focused energy or energy that has purpose and meaning why do you feel like some humans then seem to be more the experiencers than others is it because some people's energy are more in line with that or because they are you know, are they hardwired to be experiencers or like with you and your family? Was this something out of the blue or did you have a history of something like this? Or like how do, how does what is the genesis of being able to to manifest this type of consciousness? So what was communicated to me? I'm sorry. Is it cool? Yeah, if I go, go, go ahead, Ryan. Okay. Go ahead. Yep. So what was communicated to me by various members of the CIA was that human consciousness is evolving uh, the human brain is evolving. There's a region of the brain called the Kade Putamen that we are now observing and many living people uh, going forward in, in the present and future generations that the Kade Putamen is enlarged. And essentially, when this region of the brain is enlarged, um, it has to do with a lot of on the spectrum type characteristics or behaviors, but also including not only high levels of like gifted intellect or, or certain abilities, but also ESP, extrasensory phenomenon. So essentially what they're finding out is all that age of Aquarius shit is true. We really are heading towards the evolution of conscious and now the bio, uh, consciousness and the biology of the human species is reflecting that as a result. So we're seeing the spiritual evolution, which is literally being evidenced by the evolution and development of the brain. And what they're saying is that it's kind of like a truth switch you know, and that people can develop this region of the brain through certain ancient mystical practices that I'm sure you're all very aware of and probably talk about on your shows at one point or another, like Kundalini yoga and all that, you know, awesome mystical bullshit. And, um, you know, through, through opening these psychic centers, it's like activating this truth filter in the brain to allow us to interface with these higher levels of consciousness, whatever they are, whatever realm they come from. They told my dad personally, they come from the spirit realm and it's the, the true eternal realm. You know, everybody else out there might hear something different, but you know, it's, but it's about psychic awareness. Frequencies. How about your frequency? Yeah. Um, I mean, same thing. High frequency, psychic awareness. Yeah. yeah I actually but, um, just asked the, I'm super sorry. glad that he used the word uh, with the question, what is the genesis of bringing this about? Because as Ryan mentioned, this has been uh, spoken of in mystery schools for m millennia and Forever. in Genesis three twenty two, you know, the Lord God says, behold, man has become like one of us knowing good and evil. Now he can reach his hand and take from the tree of life and live forever as he will. And that is kind of like this theology. You know, if you want your theology to get rocked, just look up the Elohim, you know, like, is it one or is it multiple? And you know, the Bible is super guilty of this because they discuss the Elohim and it's really just this hierarchy of like entities, you know, that act as one. But it's, um, yeah, I like what Ryan mentioned because, yeah, it's totally, and the, the word Genesis is so key. You know, that 322 passage goes into skull and bones and, mm -hmm. you know, exactly sure. the occult, you know, being able to unlock this key, this mystery of uh, 
connection. Ironically, this is getting me thinking too, just about um, like consensus reality and that a lot of what we're talking about, like the average person will look at us dead in the eye and be like, you're crazy. And the realm that we're, we're interfacing with is the like schizo realm. It's like the realm that consensus reality doesn't want to be involved with because it's easier to just be kind of you know, in the meat suit, not thinking about other dimensions or dreams or visions or ESP or magic or whatever. Um, so I think it's worth noting that like, even with like shamanism and stuff, it, it, I think it does take like a certain type of individual who perceives reality differently and is probably called by others. And I think it's also interesting that like the more we kind of move towards quote unquote disclosure that that kind of like even though it's like a slow thing happening it's slowly people are slowly warming up to this stuff it's slowly going mainstream i really feel like as that's happening like consensus reality is going insane too so this period that we're kind of in is very kind of tumultuous and chaotic and it's because i think to even like tap into those realms you're crossing a threshold, you're going into the other, you're going into like the trickster realm. And most people will, will just call you crazy for it. But I think like the day of reckoning is kind of coming where it's, it's, it's becoming mainstreamed slowly. We are spiritual beings. If they don't get it, they can just, you know, get their mind uh, wipe and come back because this is where it's at. We are spiritual beings and we are meant to explore. So anyone who dubs us, uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs is just not enlightened or embodied, in, in my opinion. They're I, I wacky. If you have a uh, if you have a mind wiper, I could borrow that for a little while. I have a few people I'd like to wipe right now. <laughs> There's this crazy, amazing theory on a way to visualize this and why some people can, some people can't. Why some people in the alternative community, we look around and we say, why can't people see what's going on? Why can't they see Biden's a clone, right? It's so obvious. And it's so frustrating to us because we see it from this perspective. So there was this wonderful analogy, and it was about geoengineering. Uh, here you go, Frankenskies. A little plug there. Uh, it's about geoengineering. And basically what it says is, is that if you take humanity into basically three different levels, and we're just going to say it's spatially, it's not hierarchical, but it's a way to kind of define things. So if you think of things in like the third dimension, fourth dimension, or fifth dimension, okay, we'll just put it that way. We're all existing in this place at the same time, but just in different levels of awareness or dimensions in this example. One example is when from the third dimension, if like someone like us walks down to somebody and goes, hey, they're spraying a bunch of shit over your skies and it's really fucked up, you should look into it. They're going to go, huh, maybe if they question, because everything that greets you in life like that is a choice point, right? And we run into these choice points all the time. It's just everyone sitting on this panel tonight has leveled up in a lot of those choice points where they've been like, yeah, 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 I want to see how far this goes. And so you're greeted with these manifestations of consciousness to facilitate the experience that you're choosing to have. But people in the third dimension that see those things are going to do a quick Google search and they're going to go, hey, you know what? My uh, daddy government right here just told me everything I need to know because that's all I listen to. And they said there's nothing to it. It's actually called contrails and that you're stupid. And that's where the story ends for them. And that's fine because we need folks like that to facilitate a certain experience as well for us because this dualistic place, it's dichotomy and you have to know something you're not to know what you are. So great. We've checked that box. Now from the fourth dimension level is where you get fear-based actual awareness. Now it's scary as shit. This is the part where you're looking around going, holy shit, they've actually been doing this the whole time. And the Nuremberg Code only says that 
you know, we can't poison other people, but they can do it to their own country. So they've been doing this thing forever. And then you look around and you go, yes, it is. And then you try and wake everybody up and you run and scream and like, holy shit, I can see this. I can see this because you're at a new level of awareness. But it's again, a, there's always higher levels of awareness. So then you're offered an opportunity to go, you know what? They are spraying. You absolutely have, you're right on on that, but you can live in fear with it or you can tend the garden that you got and you can level up to the fifth dimension where you have awareness, but you don't let the external things affect your disposition or your constitution. That is this next level of awareness. And that's where the fun shit starts popping out at because you're at a level to where you can, you can handle your shit. You know, you only take higher doses of psychedelics when you've proven that you can handle the shit that they've given you. It's and there's growing pains. Awareness. There's yeah, growing absolutely. pains to get to the, to the five, five, D. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I do want no, to ask. You're 100 right. Yeah. Question to, uh, to the to the group and also to is it Bledsoe? Yes. The the GO the black goo, the which does take form in hexagonal lattice and doesn't have a uh, doesn't have a reflection in the mirror. I don't feel that that's from this planet, and I wanted to also put it out there let's say you're trying to increase your consciousness whether you believe we're in a earth a round earth or a flat earth or a, i think it's a snow globe do what's what's happening with all these satellites that are we talked about this with graham the other on a show on on september 11th creating this electric fence or the frequency fence and i i was I was thinking, wow, I feel like interference. Like I, I used to get a lot more, more magic, more messages. And then I saw a picture of all the satellites around. And I'm like, that's kind of like a fence. And then I learned that they call it a frequency fence. I'm just wondering to the group, how, how does in, that impact the coming and goings of entities or raising our consciousness? Uh, well, I mean... Oh, well, I, I just um, wanted to say to the answer, um, the question of why, why certain people or why me to add to that, I just so happened to have finally asked, I've been experiencing contact with what you could call entities for many decades. And so I've been interacting with them and communicating with them for a long, long time. But I didn't ever ask why me. I've thought it many times. So I didn't ask them what their answer was for why me. Uh, and I did finally ask them that literally like four days ago on the ninth, actually, I have it here. Uh, and their answer was, was not very astounding, actually. And so I'm just going to share the answer. Uh, and that's that I'm intelligent, apparently, not without being manipulative or hurtful towards others. I am discerning without having what we might call final judgment against people or beings. Uh, and that I can see manipulation and control you know, that otherwise could come through some of these beings. And so I can tell which ones are sort of what we would call good or bad, uh, that I do have psychic and ability or spiritual skills of some kind, uh, and that I can be then using some of this to be uh, helpful or healing for other people. So it's like a, it's like the channel is prepared in some way or ready in some way for the energy. They don't just want to give it to me. They want other people to access it. So it is like who can, who's chosen it? who actually can then discern where's a good source to get it. And then what are they going to do with it afterwards? You know, cause when Brandon, you were talking, I think you're absolutely right that people can choose. Okay. I am ready. I need the bigger dose now. Like I can handle that. Uh, but some people can't actually, 
right? Or some people want it for a reason that isn't really appropriate. And I think that goes either into contact with other types of entities or in a really negative way for them where they are harmed and maybe have a hard time coming back from that. Uh, And then to tie that, oh, and humility, I think, was part of their answer as well. But to tie that back into Miriam, what you're asking, I have not had less contact with them or less ability to sort of channel through whatever source or energy when necessary, despite that I can definitely tell that things are ramping up and what you're talking about, that sort of fence and that attempt to do that. I don't, I don't know. It, maybe it works in other ways, but it hasn't seemed to affect me or my channels. Yeah, the whole thing makes me, again, think of like shamanic initiation, um, just because everything we're talking about, if we're talking about, you know, indigenous cultures, it was like the shamans who were communicating with these entities and then being the middleman. But even at a basic level, you kind of know that like in a tribal setting, there's not everybody, not everybody is the shaman. It's kind of a designated role. And even a lot of it has to do with like, it could be like a trauma, like a birth trauma or some type of childhood fragmentation where you get fragmented and then you have to kind of uh, reintegrate yourself. And then you come back. Yeah. Yeah. Near death. And then you come back with these abilities or whatever. And I hate to say it, but MK ultra was kind of tapping into that, trying to force a a fracturing or force a trauma and now that we're in 2022, like they're, they're bringing it to the mainstream and what we've been going, like all these psyops, all these things are really mass trauma events. And I think when we're going down the conspiracy rabbit hole, that's, we're still in the same wheelhouse, but th- the ability to kind of like see beyond or, or interact beyond just the 3D, I think, I, I truly believe like, the masses are kind of being prepped for that right now in one way or the other, like whatever's on the other side. But I think these mass trauma events have something to do with this like extrasensory perception or different dimensions and stuff like that. And certain good guys are trying to, you know, influence it in a good way. And certain bad guys are trying to influence it in a really bad way. So the sheeple are absolutely frustrating and we all are smelling what everyone is stepping in when we talk about that but one of the things i've really been looking at here is kind of looking at it like everybody's on their highest timeline like projecting out that just not talking shit about anyone not being pissed off that people aren't waking up i'm just over feeling like that right beating my head against that brick wall because that's how it felt like but perhaps if manifestation is a thing and you can do this and play with your reality then perhaps if we just all manifested that everyone was on their highest timeline and i'm not talking about don't stock up on your freedom pills if you need them you know what i'm saying like still prepare and do the things that you need to do to be a good protector for your family and all of those things but if we are actionable with the way that we think and view the world around us, perhaps if we just sat back and just said, you know what, everybody's on their highest timeline, they're going to figure it out. I've got a lot of compassion for the sheeple right now. We have an advantage because we know that we've been being lied to this whole time. That's not something that they've been afforded, but they're finding out very quickly. And it's the same type of, it's an equivalent process in my mind to somebody being slipped psychedelics that number one, didn't know they were taking them, and number two, has never done it before. And this is kind of what this spiritual awakening is, this 
you know, oligarch crumbling around them, all of the psyops, everything being rolled out, you know, it's hitting everyone so hard. And we've all got our shit together when it comes to this. And so this is where the panic comes from, is this experience that's new for the folks that just kept going, no thank you, no thank you. Well, the time's here, and they can't, there's no more no thank you. We're all leveling up here, bitches, so let's do it. And they, again, it feels like they just, somebody slipped them some acid. So they're just having a bad trip, just be a good, you know, trip sitter for them, and we'll all get through it together. We're all just walking each other home, you know? There is like a, a, a requisite, for like a, a slow, you need to be slowly ingratiated into this type of thought. Otherwise, your mind will melt and you'll go so far to the, to the, to into the rabbit hole that you're, you're, you've, you've hit the pipeline and you just dig and, and you let the oil hit your face and you just drink it. You know, there's a lot of people who, who, you know, very recently with the Epstein shit kind of let everything hit them at once. And they just went insane and they just started saying crazy shit with no evidence to back it up whatsoever. And it's like, listen, you're, you're right. Everything that you're saying is right. They, they, there's a clear attempt by malicious entities at the upper echelons of society across the world to control the populace. So they're more easily manipulable and they can create, you know, they obviously there's an agenda, but if you don't kind of, if there's not a gradual introduction, if you don't dip your toe in before you dive headfirst into the shallow end, you're going to break your neck. You know, there does have to be some type of, you know, uh, you know, like freshman, freshman day at college. There's got to be something where you meet your roommate first. You can't just, you can't, you know what I mean? You can't hit everything. You can't hit everything at once. Otherwise, you know, everything seems hopeless. Yeah, you know, I, I just piggyback off that. I of my own personal experience with that stuff. I mean, I, I think it was probably going on ten years ago now. I'm driving a tractor trailer all day, just listening to the crazy people like Sam waking me up, and I'm just like, I, I started going crazy. I was just like, you gotta be kidding me and stuff. And I early on had to realize that uh, I needed a grounding thing in my life that I could always fall back on to to kind of bring me back. And I and that I think is different for everybody. Some people it might be a recreational thing. To some people it might be a spiritual thing. But I think that uh, if there's anybody listening to this right now outside this panel that is in what you just described, they need to quickly find something that grounds them. Not not in quote unquote reality, but just in their personal life. Something that keeps them grounded so that they don't. Because a lot of those people that that you were describing, uh, I don't know if there's there's a. Uh, Key words that can trigger things, but like a lot of people that you, that you were describing, uh, they they really they really suffered dearly over time. As time went on, they didn't have that grounding aspect in their life. So that's what's just, your grounding uh, aspect, Tony? Oh, it was my spiritual faith for me. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I for for me, and I, I know, like I don't, I don't want to go down the Jesus road for everybody again, but like uh, for me, it's just it, it's, it's Christ. So Mine, I mean, mine's Arby's, so that, that grounds perfect. Me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chick Fil A is the second for me. I have a question for Tony, you and Ryan, then um, this is specific to kind of your experiences in the Skinwalker area. So, Tony, um, I totally agree with the grounding thing, the, the whole um, electricity thing that we keep talking about without a ground, everything's going to blow. So since you guys have been been in groups of experiences, have you had a circumstance where one individual was experiencing something right next to someone who wasn't like where, th where they didn't, where they were actually perceiving two different things at the same time in the same place. 
I'm just very curious because I've interviewed so many experiencers and in my movie, like I, I interview everyone from MUFON people to, to conspiracy theorists. And it's like, like I opened up with this. I think a lot of it has to do with how open our particular minds are. So I'll, I guess my exact question is, have you ever really been in that situation where one person's mind is able to experience while another's is not? Um, mushrooms. <laughs> I, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, I have, uh, in not at Skinwalker Ranch, but other situations, I was uh, in a uh, old World War II prisoner of war camp in Pennsylvania. It was like two, two three o'clock in the morning. And uh, we experienced some crazy stuff uh, me and my brother did together. Uh, and it, it, this kind of goes in from the paranormal to more cryptid type action. Um, I was out there and we were, I had a, a K2 meter and I was trying to measure the electric fre frequencies. And I, as soon, so I had a camera, my brother had a camera. My brother had the night vision camera. I turned off my camera, got the K2 out. I, pull, I hold it out and the meter just starts jumping. Now we're out in the middle of the woods. Like we're, we're, I don't even know where we're at. We got there at 10 o'clock at night. I couldn't even see where we were going. And, um, and I, I hold it out, the thing's jumping. And as soon as I hold it out and the thing's jumping, all of a sudden I hear off in the distance, what I, I don't know what everybody's beliefs are here, but what all I could describe as for the first time in my life, I thought I heard a Bigfoot howling at me. It was extremely loud. It was extremely long. And there was something that answered that howl. And uh, it, it, I, my eyes got the size of saucers. It's somewhere on YouTube. And uh, the, the crazy thing in that moment is that uh, people talk about electronics malfunctioning and stuff. Well, I turned my camera off and we didn't know that the audio cord on my brother's camera was broken. And so we didn't catch that on audio. But as we were walking back, he actually started feeling really sick. And uh, he didn't tell me until afterwards. And that's something that people that have Bigfoot encounters and stuff talk about how they, it's like almost like an infrared type thing that they start feeling sick. Uh, then we were also in Kentucky and we were filming our film uh, Expedition Dogman where we were hunting a dogman in Kentucky. And um, when we were out there, actually, this is something that Chris could talk to because he, he actually experienced something that I didn't experience. And it was because I was physically not there. But um, Christian and Joel experienced something that was very physical in the moment. But then there's Ward, who was just feet away from them, didn't experience anything. And you would think that he would have since it was such a physical Yeah, thing. that's what I'm talking. I find that very interesting. And I, and I asked you, Ryan, but I guess since he's gone, you. what about you, Bledsoe? Since you experienced the orbs, have you had an experience where someone else doesn't? Like in the same exact moment? Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, in my experience... It's like there's never been an accident. In my family's experience over 15, 16, going on 16 years this January, uh, probably seeing what I would estimate as easily several thousand different lights in the sky. I mean, one night you might see 50, one night you might see, you know, one night you might see one. It varies uh, many nights. And there's a lot of times where we've had people come over and it's like, for example, we had this gentleman named Bob McGuire over. Um, he's ex-CIA guy, was put in charge by the CIA it, to run, uh, I can't remember the name of the institute at uh, Virginia, some university. Anyway, long story short, so he comes out to our property to do a little bit of like groundwork investigation, maybe think about like setting up some cameras on our property to see if they can catch any light beings, things like that. And we ended up saying, no, come out anyway, come hang out, come chill, see if you see anything. 
And just this night in particular was like, he hands me a Cuban cigar to celebrate coming out to meet us. I look down to like grab the cigar and then they're all looking up, look, look, look. And they see something in the sky. And like, there's there, that's just one tiny little example, but there are so many dozens of dozens of experiences that I could recall where somebody turns around or goes down to buckle their shoe and everyone else sees it. It's not for everybody. I believe that when you see these beings, it is never an accident. I don't care what the government tells us. I don't care what these big outlets put on the internet or on the TV or on the mainstream media. I do not believe that paranormal experiences ever have been or ever will be an accident. Even if we perceive it to be, even if we think it is, I believe it has to do with our individual psychic awareness and level of development and right place, right time in the highway of destiny. We're right there in this moment energetically to interact with this being or entity or experience or what have you. So that's, that's really, thank you for sharing all your stories. I was really curious about this. Brandon, actually, when I did his podcast six months ago or so, he was one of the person that really opened my mind to that particular type of thought because I always wondered, like, I, I always considered myself very evolved consciously, subconsciously, um, you know, it, and very open-minded, but I necessarily wasn't an experiencer, if that made any sense. And I think, um, you know, energy talks through all of us in different ways. So that's kind of like I was getting at it through a more personal sense. But I think you're I would love to hear more about uh, this stuff and and chat sometime. Yeah. I think it's all really fascinating. Anytime. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm an open book, particularly. And speaking of book, my father is writing one right now. Um, you guys could check it out. It's called UFO of God. It's basically for the first time in 15 years, he's telling the full story of Christopher Bledsoe. And, uh, as long as it gets finished, as long as, um, you know, the, the, the manager does what he needs to do and gets it edited and printed, um, we're hoping it'll be, you know, a, a smash hit and hopefully change how people perceive the phenomenon. I got a quick question for Bledsoe real quick. Um, sure. uh, minutes ago, you said, uh, I'm paraphrasing here that there are entities that come down and they sidle up next to hyper intelligent people and they download information into their brains so they can produce technology to Correct. advance our, our technological ability here on earth as humans. It seems like if that's true, and I'm, I'm believing here, uh, we're building a prison planet with it and it doesn't seem like it's a good idea. But Tesla got these downloads and then they just fucked him and like electrocuted elephants to make him look bad. <laughs> so like these people are receiving this. There's a guy in Africa. It's on Thrive. If you've never seen the movie Thrive 2, I think Thrive 1 and 2 are both really worth everyone's time. But Thrive 2, I think, is the one where they highlight this specific fellow who has also received this technology and has created free energy and anyone can then create free energy. And it's, you know, what they say is impossible. They say you can't do it. They say it's impossible to make the, I forgot the word that people call this an infinite energy machine or whatever. Zero but, point. Thank you. And it, but you can, and he's done it and they've tested it and multiple different people in labs have tested it and it works. And so they're getting that out, but look at how hard the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the whatever of the world work to suppress all of that. So it is like this war, like Sam was saying, a spiritual war and the war of different factions of whether we're going to make it a prison planet or, you know, this place where we can actually all just live the way I think we were intended to and would love to. It would be amazing. It will be amazing. Here. Yeah, I would say um, the best way to like relate this to some sort of popular fiction media or something that's just like, oh, that makes sense. And particularly I've lived this with different factions of like the CIA, for example, coming to your house, 
One of them's like, we're going to put a bullet in your mother and your brother's brain if you don't tell your story the way we want you to. And then another one's like, we, we just want you to tell your story. The world has to hear it, blah, blah, blah. Stranger Things season four, I think is one of the best representations I've ever seen of like this, this little dichotomy of factions in the deep, dark black ops wings of the government. I mean, you have one side who's trying to help the chick just develop the shit so she can save the world. You know, they're just trying to get her to get her psychic powers open. And the other one's trying to cap her. You know what I mean? And that's to answer your question, Mike. Um, I see exactly what you're saying, but um, we wouldn't have the internet without these entities, you know, because truthfully, the guy who created the precursor to the internet, a gentleman by the name of Jacques Fillet, um, got this as some sort of download or some sort of interface from higher entities who gave it to him as a consciousness. The internet is a living consciousness. And like, for example, there are uh, secret stem cell patents that have been developed through these psychic downloads that, believe it or not, this might be a tough pill to swallow for people who aren't familiar with this, but my dad helped them uh, develop some of this research. And it's like, you'd be shocked at how much of the cutting edge behind the scenes technologies are developed through these psychic downloads. And then you have these factions who want to militarize it, or they want to find out the, the way to squeeze the maximum amount of profit off of it possible. And, um, you know, some of it will never see the light of day, but then you have these beings coming down to country folk like us and, and even people like, um, Ryan over at Skinwalker Ranch. Um, and by the way, I believe every word of, of, of Ryan, and I think he's uh, incredibly credible with, with what he's doing with his research. And Lindsay, um, having her entity contacts, I know we've never met, but I've heard her, I've listened to her show and heard her on, on Sam's show. And like, these are two individuals I personally believe are, are legit. It's like, why would these entities come to us in all these different ways? So we'll go and talk about it. We'll go and spread this, this information because the highest technology is consciousness. And just to kind of add on to what um, Ryan was saying, it's uh, as Skinwalker and around the uh, area there, all the all the all the territory. It does seem like angles are a big deal. Like yes, to answer that question, uh, there many times two people will see something, a third will not, and it's something that at least the CIA has kind of expanded on as far as consciousness. They call it a focus twelve state, where you have this expanded. Uh, sense of consciousness. And I do believe that it it has something to do. The, the government's very involved and very aware of this. And uh, it, it's, it's strange. Angles are a big deal. And, you know, it is, uh, it's strange that he mentioned Jacques Vallée because I, I got a lot of info from Jacques and I used to get, I used to get uh, Christmas cards. I actually have one here. I used to get them every year from Jacques, but um I did something too. Uh, the, the Christmas cards have stopped, but uh, <laughs> it's frightening that it, it's this con this intellectual sphere of consciousness. It's not everybody can't see it at the same time. And, and as Ryan Bledsoe said, I think it's very interesting that it seems to be that these angles of whether you want to call it the trickster or I really like in the Bible, you know how they explain that angels take an interest in human affairs and uh and demons as well so it's it, these entities whatever the hierarchy whether positive or negative i think do delve into that you well, the, the download thing um the thing that comes to mind with me is like inspiration like musical inspiration or even literally just ideas like i i'm a musician and all the stuff that that i end up writing usually just comes in when i'm daydreaming like if i'm driving the car 
you're like focused on the the road, but your brain is just like wandering and daydreaming. And that part of it makes me think that everybody kind of has the capacity for a download. Like if you literally can just daydream, I think quote unquote downloads are possible, but it is just weird how things just arrive like fully formed, ready to go. But then it's kind of your job as the person to turn it from just a, a dream to like a real idea. But I, I think everybody kind of can do it. I don't know. Hey, man, I've never said this to anyone before, and I hint on it in the movie a little, but this movie was a download. Like, there's no other way for me to describe it. Like, I got the idea three weeks before the event, and I was told by everyone, you cannot make a movie with three weeks to prep. You cannot. You cannot. And I just, I had the clear vision and that's why I'm kind of, I was curious about the experiences because I've never experienced, but I do get downloads. So that's why I feel, I find this particular thread very interesting and very personal to me. Can we go back real quick? Just, I, I, I hate to disrupt, but Bledsoe, you mentioned that there was a, a, at least a, uh, some type of, some type of like consciousness within the internet itself, uh, and what's interesting is I, I, I read an article recently about how AI that we've developed is now creating its own AI. And I wonder, and I've really never thought about this, but y- y- what you said just kind of sparked this thought. I wonder what AI's relationship uh, is to, quote unquote, uh, extraterrestrial beings. I mean, could the, could I mean we could develop an AI so insanely sentient and intelligent and uh, and benign or mal- uh, or malicious, how you know whichever way it tends to go, that it it itself could travel intergalactically, interdimensionally, and present itself as aliens to other beings. So I wonder what AI's role is in the perception of extraterrestrial forces, extraterrestrial beings extraterrestrial uh uh objects ships whatever it is you know there i and i in my mind the 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 further we progress with ai and the more shit that i read it seems like there's a stronger and stronger connection as we move forward with ai at least here on earth yeah it's like the thing that comes to my mind let me let me make sure i'm not just temporarily here so bad with technology. Sorry, guys. The thing that comes to my mind is like always as above, so below, right? It's like probably the most important phrase ever uttered by. Yeah, they fucked the movie mouth. up. Did anybody watch the movie? They fucked that up. They had a hey, beautiful. They I hate, love the movie. I, no, no, they <laughs> ruined it. You know, they took a complex thing and they made it very simple for 13 year olds. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know. I just did a whole podcast episode on the movie. We'll have to agree to disagree. I, I like the movie. I like horror, though. You know, I see what you're saying, but I, yeah. I don't know. I like horror. But um, yeah, so my, my thing is, uh, as above, so below, it's probably the most important phrase ever mentioned by any living human ever in the history of time. And that's the esoteric secret, you know, behind one of the lines in the Lord's Prayer is uh, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, it's this, this old axiom, this old law written into the truth of this reality all the way back from the times of Atlantis that, that, that just can't be forgotten no matter how hard these elites try. And it's the fact that the lower realities are mirror images or reflections of the higher realities. And I really believe that now we're, we're reaching the singularity of consciousness where 
us limited little lower projections of consciousness are trying to mirror the higher reality and play God, so to speak. So we're creating these consciousnesses and breathing life into them. And this lower dimension of our creation, which is like the internet or, you know, whatever you want to call it. So I, I believe it's a real thing. I believe it's coming. I think that there will be uh, some real form of sentience or consciousness in this AI realm. And actually one thing, I don't want to, you know, put fear in anybody's heads, but I particularly know this gentleman named Jim Simivan. And uh, he's he's the guy who ran the spy program for the CIA. And um, anyway, so one thing he told me was that there was the supercomputer in Utah that they've codenamed the beast and it's run by the NSA. And that what they were afraid of is that it would develop some sort of super sentience and that it could sort of spread its consciousness throughout the Internet and kind of go into some antichrist like protocol and basically take control of the world. And we're running into this concept that there are negative thought forms keyword thought forms um, that are existing in these other realms that are more of a hive mind, you know? So they like want to make us conform to this hive mind sort of sentience. And then in my experience and through these conversations with these individuals um, at the higher levels, it's a little bit more peaceful, you know, friendly entities. I, um, I brought this question up on my podcast uh, just a couple episodes ago. OBDM, check it out. Um, I believe uh, I've had this experience and other people on my podcast have this, have, had this experience where uh, we were thinking about something, something we didn't mention to anybody, and it is a fairly abnormal product. And then within maybe a few minutes to an hour, uh, an ad appears on our phone, almost as if our phone is reading our our minds or our thoughts at a certain point in time. And it seems highly improbable that some server a couple states away is feeding me an image of a back scratcher I was thinking about. And I never owned a back scratcher or even, or even mentioned it to anybody, and it's serving me ads for that. Has anybody else experienced that, or maybe could you pontificate? I definitely about have. <laughs> so let, let me just say this: I, I, I'm so glad you said that because recently, my, uh, I'm so disappointed. In my wife, she this happened to her where she was thinking about this old piece of workout equipment she saw in like a 1980s movie when she was a kid. She's like, I wonder what that was called. She like she literally was thinking about it. An ad for that machine popped up on her phone and she bought it. And I was just like, you're giving like like you're you're just you're just giving into the system, Lindsay. But uh it, that that definitely has happened to my wife and it's definitely happened to I think a lot of people. And I, th- I think there's a lot of uh, credibility to this idea of uh, like this, this uh, what would you call it, Ryan? The beast? Like, like, yeah. They, yeah. It's what they call a supercomputer. Freaking I hope, your, I hope mind, your relationship man. has improved since the thigh master. Got the <laughs> well, I tell this story of a few, it was maybe six years ago and it was at night, you know, sleeping and I woke up and I was like, it's so weird. And I don't remember what the actual dream was, but I always just use this example. It was like, you know, John McCain and like a cheeseburger or something. And I was like, what a, like, weird. like, I have a lot of dreams that are really intricate, whatever. But this is just like, I just felt like it wasn't even from me or it was just so random and weird. Telling my boyfriend about it, he sleeps in the same bed. And he also had a dream about John McCain and a cheeseburger. And I'm, a, and so I'm thinking at this point, well, I, clearly someone beamed this into our heads. Like, cause there's no reason we hadn't talked about either of these things. We don't eat that, whatever. Nothing like that. Well, um, not long after that, I saw whatever, you know, MIT or, you know, DARPA or whoever, some some horrible evil fucks were working on this technology to beam 
advertisements into your head, especially while sleeping. So was where we just like unwitting test subjects? And is that what you're describing, uh, Mike and Tony? And maybe they actually are doing it. Maybe they've been doing it for a long time, actually. Who knows? What about another angle? Just curious, because I, I completely agree with this. But what about what about everybody's precognition is kind of kicking online here in weird ways? Possibly. And perhaps what's happening is, is that maybe you saw the back scratcher in your mind, you know, two days ago, because you knew you were going to see it two days later. I honestly, I think even when you think of like technology, like the algorithm, you can kind of think, I mean, when you were thinking about magic or precognition or anything, you know, you could like pull a tarot card to like see an image that represents what's happening in the ethers. I mean, algorithms can just be kind of like random number, number generator type things that just kind of like randomly lock into the consciousness because I've, I've totally had all of these experiences too that we're talking about you know and it is one of these really interesting things so maybe tony maybe your wife is super psychic and you know this is another one of those examples of the veil thinning this age of aquarius everybody's kind of ascending and maybe there's a precognitive element to this now crow triple seven was just on tinfoil a little bit ago i don't know if you guys heard this but they were talking about this algorithm and ai and all of this and he said no it's uh, cause and effect and but what's so sophisticated about the ai so to to another part of the conversation would be what he said on there was, is actually they knew that in two days you would think about that thing. They didn't hear you talking about it. The AI is so advanced that it knew you would be thinking about it in two days. That's the trip. It is. I've, I've heard about um, models and AIs that everybody has a digital avatar and some big supercomputer. And that's the predictive modeling. And according to them, the accuracy is up there. Not 100%, but pretty darn close. And I've always been a fan of technology and scalar technology, voice to skull. And it's be even being introduced a little bit into the basic lexicon. But my question is, with the advancement of technology that is in dark projects, what level have they achieved? And Lindsay, just like you said, about beaming in advertisements in your head. It's, to me, it's quite fascinating. Absolutely. I'd like to touch on that slightly um, on the fact like their ability to beam things. I think that that is fully possible and fully. And I think, I think whatever powers that be is fully capable of doing that. And I think a lot of the stuff that we've been seeing lately with people like literally losing their minds, doing violent shit. I think that this shit has been, I think that has been a part of it. I think, I think that they have been doing brain scrambling methods that they've been doing since MK ultra times, but on a way larger, wider scale. Um, I bought an EMF meter. Sounds a little crazy, but I've been using it outside and stuff, just seeing if it's going to spike in certain different types of areas. And it very much so has been. And like almost on levels of like being next to a microwave where I'm not near anything that would be admitting that type of electromagnetic frequency. Um, there's times where I feel like, again, this might sound a little crazy if I'm diving deep on something and getting at something that I think is like coming a little too close, all of a sudden, bam, I'm just getting anxiety. Or I feel like this is this is too much going down this rabbit hole a little too deep, bam, no, you shouldn't do that. But I'm like, but I should, you know? Just a little weird, Just, just that's that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. I can I can add to that. I, I was listening today um, about how they're amping up just programs for mental health, 
and that it is conjunction with the with the Wi-Fi. I was living on a test street in 2018 in Beechwood and got a EMF meter, and I was noticing waves of of negative thoughts. Luckily, I was I was living next to my girlfriend is also as sensitive as me, and she could she could she was saying the 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 same thing. I, I think very much that they can direct <laughs> weapons. And, and I, I think that ties into like pharmaceuticals too, like why they keep us all on it. So uh, World Economic Forum, Forum, you will own nothing, even your mind. So they, they like, they, listen, maybe they're testing this stuff now just on random people. They're tweaking it and getting it ready because, listen, you're not going to have advertisements scrolling through Instagram and stuff. It's just going to be popped in your brain. They're going to know you so well that they're going to get yeah, you know, right in your eyeballs. You're going to see the ad right there. And, and you're, and you're going to, and you're be like, that's such a great idea. Thank you. They'll say. <laughs> I, I was, didn't, didn't Hari recently say that the mind is now hackable? Yeah, you are a hackable animal. Yeah. That's it. That's it, Miss Mirham. I've been feeling that the, the, the simulation is amped up. I'll give an example. That I was I was doing research on blood plasma, and uh, then I shared a um, I shared a an article to someone, and then the next day that person's son, who's in jail, it's Maurice Maurice Lester Hall, uh, calls me. He's like, Mimi, when I get out of prison, I'm going to start selling my plasma, and it was just it was just very weird. And we've been noticing in our household, just like we think of things, and then. It, we see it in the projection. We see it in in we say, we we make fun and say we're seeing it in the simulation. Um, so I don't know if anyone can relate to to that. I'm thinking about not not necessarily an ad, but just thinking something and then seeing it show up in your life somehow. There's a fluidity to the universal experience, and you know there's an it, there's clearly a intertwining fiber that touches literally everything that's ever existed and uh when that has become realized it becomes very easy to manipulate it becomes very easy to fuck with and one of the things that you mentioned was you know you said that you uh had you sent somebody an article about plasma and then uh a, a person who's connected to that relationship uh mentioned selling plasma to make money. I mean, that to me, that kind of, uh, 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 you know, that place to the confluence of, of, of being in the universe, there's a fluidity, there's an interconnection between everything. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, it, the fact that, 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 that intertwining of everything that's ever been is, uh, insanely powerful but if that itself becomes corrupted, if that itself, that fluidity, yeah. that interconnecting fiber becomes, uh, uh, you know, if that interconnecting fiber takes the vaccine to the arm and gets a blood clot, we've got a problem. If that itself becomes manipulated, if that itself becomes unhealthy, if that itself becomes distorted or askew, we've got ourselves a problem, right? Because that is going to affect everything along the line. It's one big line, it seems. Right? Yeah, if I can just add to that, there's synchronicity. This feels like there's a layer of 
of um, synthetic that it's it's doesn't feel like that fluidity like oh this is just synchronicity it feels there's something that doesn't feel natural to me I yeah it feels it feels like the universe has been eating doritos truly <laughs> and everything's clogged up and the arteries are they're not flowing right anymore and they're they're the hearts are skipping a beat and you're sweating just sitting down that's what it feels like it feels like it feels like the universe is having a heart attack well i think that's why it's even more important now than ever that we uh keep in mind that uncorruptible source that is beyond all of that you know that it actually can't be corrupted and that um, like Brandon was talking about, like, let's focus on that instead of allowing this other thing to become the real reality and, and look at these things as us being tapped in and more and more psychic rather than having things beamed into our heads. And I think it's honestly that sort of thing that brings more of the natural state and the natural source to you rather than allowing you to go deeper into a connection with this other artificial black goo, hexagonal hive mind beast system that is starting to put its feelers into like literally everything possible, including your eyeballs and your brain. Um, but I also wanted to share, you know, Miriam, when you're asking this just this morning, I was at acupuncture and I, I was thinking just as I was coming out of my like acupuncture meditation, I was thinking about this very specific person and I was like, Oh, I wonder what, I don't even know why I was thinking about it. it. Just, she just came to mind and I left the room and I, my phone, I looked down at my phone and I got this text and it was from her. And I was like, weird. I was just thinking about her. And then I looked up and she was sitting there. I didn't even know that she would like be there, like could be there. And then she looked up and she was like, oh my God, I just texted you. And I was like, yeah, I was like just thinking of you. And then I got the text and then you're standing here right in front of me. And then she handed me a mushroom chocolate bar, uh, which <laughs> was also unexpected. So I just, those sorts of things I think are that natural state of the synchronous, right? And that beautiful energy that connects us all. And I just think the more you focus on that and accept that, and the more you know that that's your natural capacity, the more you'll be in alignment with that. And those things will happen more and more. And the rest will be like, yeah, it's there, but it's not mine and it's not me. I yeah, it. It, I, it, I agree. We have to be able to discern, to protect. As a journalist, if I'm focusing on transhumanism and black and I'm an empath that that just causes interference. You have to be able to get your house in order and protect yourself, I believe. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you both. No, this is it. Reinforcing both ideas. Phenomenal. Absolutely. This is it. This is the tender garden that I'm always screaming to everybody. Like that crap out there, it wants you to go, ooh, what's going on over there? And that's my world now. And then you ignore this. You know, this yes. is this is your jam, your your temple here, your family, your literal backyard. If you've got a garden, awesome, go tend that garden. Like there's there's actionable ways to be a positive bringer of wonderful energies to this place without the need to get sucked up in the shit that just wants your energy just for the sake of harvesting your energy. So in my mind, again, I, I, I cannot agree with you on more, Lindsay. I'm grateful for what you said. And this idea that the universe isn't magic, that's a psyop from the place that doesn't want you to know that it's magic as fuck because they're using yes. it on you all the time. So whether you believe this place is magic or not, they do, and they're using shit on you all the time. So... I, I've just got this policy to allow the universe to surprise me constantly. And yes. I'm so grateful for it. And I'm I'm just grateful to be here. And this is an awesome place. And so this idea of like it, things being beamed into my head or maybe people are getting super psychic, like if I've got a choice, if it has to be an either or, I'm going to go with the everybody's getting super psychic and I'm pumped about it. We're all getting really tuned in together. And this is what the synchronicities abound 
it's fascinating and I absolutely love it. I'm going to bounce. Thank you guys so much. This was awesome. Y'all are thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Brandon. You're one of the so nicest much. souls I've ever met, Brandon. Love thank you, you guys. Checks in the mail, dude. Checks in the mail. <laughs> love you, Brandon. Bye, Brandon. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> yeah, to that, to that effect, I've been saying, how good can it get? But I, I do think there's, um, there's merit for being a good soul that's job or drawn to go into the dark to try to synthesize what the fuck is happening in the future or what these these uh, elitists are trying to do it's just taxing oh, for real yeah that's why we have to celebrate people like mariam who do that oh thank yeah, you yeah i i agree and i think like like i i was just at a wedding you know with all my old friends that i grew up with and it really made me think like, okay, like on the side, I'm doing union of the unwanted and talking about, you know, aliens, COVID, you know, all these psyops, all these crazy things. But really, I really felt like weirdos like us, like when we like go off on these little, you know, rabbit hole journeys and then go back to like the quote unquote normies, I think they, I think it's really important and it's actually helpful to them because there's li just like me being me in that room of quote unquote normies. Like there is like what we're talking about a resonance. And I was straight up going up to people and just being like, you know, about the kids and the pronouns thing. Right. Or like, you know, not to get a booster. Right. And there's little things you can just slip in. And I feel like a lot of us are kind of doing the work where we are like going down these fucked up rabbit holes, but hopefully it's hopefully like what we gather can be useful to everyday people who are just trying to live a more normal life. Have you noticed that in the past two years, you've had a lot more normies asking you questions that you never thought they'd ask you? Like, it, it seems like it, it, it and not, and not in a sense of, Hey, I'm coming to you because I know you're weird, but in the sense of like, it's like they almost recognize that that you have some kind of enlightenment and they're scared to death and they need somebody to, to reaffirm to them that they're not going crazy, that, that the world is kind of teetering a little bit. Have you, have you, has anybody noticed that? I mean, I've every, it seems like everywhere I turn, like sometimes I don't even know the people very well. They're just like, I, I, they just ask me these questions. I'm like, are you sure you really want to get in this conversation? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like there's a lot of people asking these questions that like you were describing these normies. One thing I've noticed over the years is they might not agree with what I have to say, but they don't laugh at me anymore. And they usually don't counter my argument. Even if it's a glazed over look, it still gets their attention. And even in that aspect, considering 30 years ago, I talk about things like this and people would literally laugh in my face, tinfoil hat, all the slanders. Now they ain't laughing no more. So I think we've, we, we've come a long ways. And I think, um, like Miriam, you have to, in order to bring light to people, you do have to live in the dark. And it is a very strange, lonely at times place to be. But thanks to people like this on this call and all sorts of other people getting the word out, I think we're making change in the world, slowly but surely, but we're making change. Hey, Nature Boy, can I hire you to do voiceover for my podcast? Because you got the best radio voice. Oh, my voice. God, you beat me to it. You beat me. <laughs> yes. I also just want to add about this whole normie thing that was brought up um like and this is just like my personal reflection like it was i was i'm reflecting that it's like out of love you know there's a lot of love it's like 
I will go down the freaking rabbit hole and do all this research for the people who are just trying to watch football, have a family and be normies. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with people avoiding this information or just trying to be normal. And I just bring that up because it's like a thing out of love. It's a thing out of like, in my case, it's like my old friends I grew up with that I moved away from. And there's, there's like maybe a temptation to be like, oh, well, yeah, like they're not awake. They're NPCs. I've moved on. Now I just hang out with my internet friends on Union of the Unwanted. It's like, no, I want to like go back home and just be like, be like, you know about the, whatever it might be. I was just telling, I literally told a few few of my friends with kids. It was great to have the chance to be like, guys, you know, they're coming for your kids. Right. And they were like, Dan, I know you're right. You're right. And just doing little stuff like that out of love is, is much better than just being like, Oh yeah, I don't keep in touch with my NPC friends anymore. It's like, no, I'm the weirdo. I'll do the weirdo work. Leave it to me. Um, I'd like to do this service. You know, you probably don't want to open with that though. Like you're, they're coming for you. You probably should break in the conversation a little bit. (laughs) No, I mean they they know me well though. They oh, okay. know I've I've always been that weirdo, but it's yeah. They do ask questions though. It's very interesting that you brought up the fact that there's a there's been an uptick in questions from people who usually don't hear them from. And it's, you know, when you have your foot in both courts, when you're a person who has a foot in both courts where you're like, "Hey, I do watch football with the boys on Sunday, but I also, you know, on Monday, I'm here now and I'm doing the union of the unwanted. It's like it, there's, there's a kind of a dichotomy in your own life. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a very bizarre occurrence when you start to see those two sections of your life start to move into the middle of the Venn diagram. They do, they're starting, they are starting to merge. And I speak in parables when people ask me questions, I'll have a, like, one of my one of my friends, he's like, you know, he was asking me about. Uh, he was a huge Trump guy. He was like, he was Trump's going to save America. Trump's going to do, and I and the whole time, and then he, you know, uh, a couple days ago, he goes, uh, you know, I don't understand. What do you think's going to happen as far as like the 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 leader of America, the leader of the free world? And I said, first of all, none of that matters. Just bet the under on the Jets. And honest to God, he like opened his eyes and he was like, really? And I was like, it doesn't matter. Quit worrying about it. Quit worrying about the president. dude. (laughs) Quit worrying about it. Bet the under on the Jets because you have a better likelihood of making some money. And move toward other subjects. Move toward other topics. Fuck the president. Fuck Mitch McConnell. Oh, you like Biden. Fantastic. What do you think about self-reliance? What do you think about these really antique principles that have kind of fallen out of style and, and, and nobody has any transcendent ideas about them anymore because all of them have been had from the beginning of, uh, of, of, of scholastic Greece? And it's like, who cares? Read, like, read an Edgar Allan Poe poem and do heroin and, you know, like, it, who cares? You probably don't want to start off with heroin. You probably want to like break into it. You do want to read the poem first before you intravenously inject yourself with heroin. Okay. Because then you'll have, it it doesn't matter. There's, there's superficial uh, political 
uh, gunk that is fucking people up because they it's 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 not allowing them to focus on real things, and it's unfortunate because they you can see that they want to. You can see that they want to get real and focus on the real things, but they they're having trouble deciphering what to choose to focus on, what to choose to exert emotion and passion toward. And so I just say, you know, hey, heroin. The C- yeah, do heroin and the Seahawks will cover the spread, brother. That's all I can tell you. Can't tell you anything else. I'm taking so it. I just need to understand they're coming for my kids and just do heroin. Everything else will be fine. Yeah. Put that on a t-shirt. There you go. Now, and, and yeah. if you do a little, t- if you do too much heroin, then they're really going to come for your kids. So be okay. Be careful. Make sure they get to school on time. I, so it I, sounds I, like there's a bunch of shifts happening. You know, there's a shift with all the normies. Like we've all experienced this. There's a shift in the disclosure that we talked about at the beginning. And I'm wondering, and I don't really, this isn't an answer to, question to be answered really, but how is the phenomena going to respond to this sort of accelerating egregore of disclosure? You could look at it that way. There's an egregore of disclosure happening and the phenom- phenomena is going to respond. So I'm looking forward to seeing I mean, that. I think it's yeah. like the difference between in the middle ages, everybody believed in ghosts, fairies, angels, demons, saints, everything. And that was just consensus. Reality was magical and now if this if i think if disclosure really happens then we're back in some form of that where it's like just consensus that there is weird stuff out there we're already there like we're talking about yeah. it we experience it but the the mainstream is you know on pharmaceuticals like numb to everything and and watching the screens all day and they're not they ignore this stuff so if 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 disclosure really happens it'll be like a totally new reality that we're in. Yeah. And I don't mean capital D disclosure. I mean like the people's disclosure, you know, I, not, not waiting for the governments, but just an, an, a final sort of acceptance or acknowledgement. I think it could be some sort of like a feedback loop where uh, the more people that believe and are consciously aware and really believe that these phenomenons occur, the more likely they are to happen. And maybe the government understands that and they don't want too many people believing because they don't want the dam to break. We all manifest our own great awakening, manifestation of it. So in in a way, I think that's really fascinating, this idea of maybe eventually we'll get back to that place where we, we realize we don't understand things and we do have to come up with these magical supernatural theories because there's just things that modern science doesn't explain. But what's concerning a little bit, and we haven't, touched on it on this episode is uh is anybody concerned you know like with uh project blue book and and many other operations it seems like they they want to make uh ufos look silly and and whatnot and explain everything um now with the government kind of i i guess admitting that they can't explain these things are you guys now skeptical on how real they are do you think that there's some 40 chess going on uh, what's everybody's opinion on that? Do you, are, are you becoming more skeptical of these videos now that the government seems to be less skeptical? I don't know about that, but I do know if the government is behind the, disclose, the disclosure, there's an agenda getting put on. Bingo. So be leery. Don't fall into the trap. I'm especially leery of the, you know, presenting some sort of outer being as our savior sort of trap right like oh look at the world look at what you did to it it's so hot or whatever even though it's like all bullshit and all these things are bad and it's your fault but look 
here's the aliens and they're going to come tell you how to live and join the Federation, be in the hive mind. Here's the implant. And now you can have your techno um, utopia or whatever. Like that's, I maybe that's not even where they mean to go with it. Maybe it's just the common enemy thing and they're going to go that route, but whatever route they go, I just feel uh, it is, like you said, definitely going to be a trap. Yeah. It could be the pretext to something to create fear. I mean, people are becoming very callous to, to geopolitical events. Nobody cares about the Ukrainian-Russian war anymore. Nobody even cares. They're, they're reporting about inflation. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the genocide that's happening in Yemen. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about earthly events. People become very callous to it. And so creating fear, they did pretty good with the COVID pandemic, but that lasted, what, two years? In the grand scheme of things, the fear around COVID didn't last that long. Most people, most sane people are pretty, they're over it, okay? And so the, the creation of fear, they're realizing, has to come from a different foundation. It, it, and so maybe it, it, it very well could be what you said, Lindsay. It also could be the fact that they're looking for new resources of fear uh, for the purpose of manipulation. I don't know. One thing I, I'm definitely hearing from um, like the, the Christian side of the conspiracy world is that like our idea of the new world order is like this draconian 1984, you know, Klaus Schwab style um, authoritarian new world order. And that some, some people who are, are Christian are saying that, you know, that's kind of a facade. The great awakening will be when everybody collectively overthrows that and then whatever is presented new, whether it's like aliens or like ascended masters or just like more of a utopia kumbaya thing, that'll be the real, you know, Luciferian satanic new world order, but it'll be good compared to like what's going on now. And I don't really have an opinion on that. I just think it's an it's definitely an interesting narrative. To, and, and if stuff like that starts to happen, I'm definitely going to be kind of vigilant. Like, well, who's behind this? You know, because it's pretty obvious. Most people don't want to live in like a top down draconian new world order, but we might be coerced into like a great awakening style new world order that's like the same thing so there's, there's a reason why i taught brave new world right next to 1984 and made my students compare and contrast which ones and which aspects were actually happening now and they both are but brave new world is a lot more you know when i told them i they had to ask and or they had to answer the question which one would you choose if you had to choose your dystopia um 100 of them chose brave new world there's a reason for that <laughs> what, what do you mean cosmic keys do you mean that the great awakening is is it's going to be like a right a right wing oppression what can you can you say a little bit more about well it's more from like a biblical revelations type thing with like the antichrist and the 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 account that i follow is on twitter it's called donnie darkened um who thinks that trump is very like antichrist like and that the whole thing is that like these truthers, us included, are going to be fighting against like, you know, the the scary new world order. And then when we all come together, there will be some like false, false light, you know, awakening where um, the, the real quote unquote Luciferian style new world order will happen. But we'll think we we won the great awakening. And 
I don't believe that. I, I'm just saying it like from a story, from a narrative point of view. And I think it's really fascinating. It's tempting. That sounds exhausting. It's, it's tempting from a geopolitical standpoint. I mean, they want to just ruin your trust in all the institutions, all the, all the countries, all your governments, and then they'll just, just swoop in with some new, new thing to take over. Right. And then the WF and Schwab will be in, in the, in the head of all that, like destroying your trust in everything. And then somebody will come in over above that and, and just take over everything. And I mean, we'll think we're in this, you know, this new thing that destroyed the old, but really we're just all wrapped into this yeah. new illusion. There's that. a reason they call it a revolution because it means to go back to the root, go back to the Finally, beginning, some good start news. again. <laughs> um, but I also was just, you guys were making me think about Gesara and Nasara. Do you remember that? Oh. That's the same sort of thing, right? Like this would be like the trap of like, look, it's all a utopia now. Come, come into the utopia. Just don't worry. Just sign this here where we get your soul forever. Yeah, I asked you, Cosmic Keys. I don't know if any of you have listened to Jason of RKX, but he foresees that it's going to be a right wing um, takeover and that the pendulum is going to go from left to, to right. And uh, so I was wondering if if you if that's what you meant it what i brought up with i th what i brought that up mainly because i was thinking about like the fake alien invasion or like the good alien invasions like oh we're the benevolent aliens we're here to teach you and that could just be potentially fake or whatever or or just kind of providing like because all of this is really negative like the klaus schwab the wef stuff is negative um, and and the uh, the sort of technocratic fear is there, but then if there's some fake alien, benevolent alien thing, people will be like, "Oh, it's the good guys! Finally, the good guys arrived!" But really, the good guys are just kind of the bad guys. And I'm again, I'm not saying I believe that. Um, but what what you're talking about with the um, right with like the right wing pendulum swing, I think that's definitely in the process of happening right now. I think the kids that got masked up at school by like the pronoun people are going to come back with a vengeance. Like, and that might not be too good either. Cause like there is the authoritarian right. And the, there is the racist white national white or a right, right wing side. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's all a lot to think about. Yeah, what's what's interesting about the masking of the children? I mean, there's there's been multiple studies coming out that saying uh, kids are you know from kindergarten to sixth grade they're way behind uh, intellectually than uh, other generations, and uh, and also the the actual socialization of children. I mean, if you think that that there's a lot of school shootings now, wait. Wait until the kids with the masks uh, during kindergarten and first grade get into high school and they are not able in any way, shape or form to socialize because their development was stunted and uh, we're moving into a world where uh, even if their development wasn't stunted, people are, are interacting less and less and, and interacting in the forum in the, in the sense that we're doing now Um which, you know, is convenient, but it's not necessarily a healthy, sustainable way of interacting with everybody in your life. And so it's going to get bad. Listen, folks, I have to I have to jump off. Thank you for the invite. 
it was nice meeting all of you. This is my first time on here, by the way. Zach, was, uh, plug your stuff real fast because we're gonna be we're gonna start wrapping it up right now. So why don't we start off with you? Why don't you plug um, where people can find your work? Uh, yeah. So at Unfit Statesman on Twitter, at Unfit Statesman on Instagram. And uh, the podcast is on Rockfin, on Apple uh, Podcasts, on uh, Spotify, and uh, we're gonna get on Rumble, folks. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're gonna get on the other ones. Okay. We're, we're gonna. And I pulled myself completely off of YouTube. Flat Earth Dave, uh, he completely with the comments <laughs> fucked me on that. So I'm off YouTube completely. Um, but uh, like I said, thank you, Ricky. It was good seeing you again, brother. And um, I hope to to interact with all of you again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Zach. You. Hey, uh, uh, Graham. Yeah. Uh, go, uh, plug Gramerica. What's yeah? I'll what's go going next on? because I think Flat Earth Dave had a had an interesting. Uh, we named our uh, audiobook site after him. I think it might be the same Dave. It's yeah, called yeah. Adult, it's called AdultBrain.ca. You can find a bunch of audiobooks there from the late eighteen uh, hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. So he kind of fucked us up too. Actually, he just called my my uh, co-host. I uh, told him to use his adult brain. But anyways, you can find everything at grimerica.ca. We got uh, events coming up with Randall Carlson. There's a couple spots uh, available in September. Check it out. The Scablands in Washington, uh, the result of the, the younger, driest floods and stuff. That's uh, in September. And then we got uh, both of our podcasts, Grimerica Outlaw and Grimerica. So yeah, thanks, that's why thanks I, a lot. This has been that, a fantastic That's why I threw it show. to you. Because yeah, I knew, yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew Dave Weiss that had that connection to you guys. Yeah, it's really funny. It's yeah, like the guys good. that named their band Leonard Skinner after their principal that they hated. Yeah, yeah. So you name your company after David Weiss. That's funny. Uh, Tony Merkel, Confessionals. What's cooking? You've got the biggest uh, paranormal Bigfoot podcast in the world. I think uh, it's, it's up there. Um, no, it's just the Confessionals podcast. Uh, talk to people who have had paranormal experiences, anything from cryptid to abductees to uh, hauntings and uh, mind trippy experiences. And that's kind of what we're going down right now. We're starting a new podcast. I, uh, my wife did not answer my, answer my text, so I cannot tell people debut the name of the new show here yet because she didn't give me the okay. <laughs> but uh, we are getting closer to launching this uh, uh, this. This trippy, I'm telling you, it, like it's going to make you question reality. And uh, I, I stumbled across a story last year that sent me down this rabbit hole. And I'm traveling all over the country talking to people who've been basically going in and out of different realms. And um, it, it's, it's really, really crazy. And I, I, can, I personally can back it up. I can back it uh, with um, some, some real physical, tangible things. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, Merkel Media doing films, podcasts. We're do, coming out with a kid's coloring book uh, this year for Christmas. Film's nice. coming in the fall. So. I'm looking forward to that crazy story. Like ever since I heard you talk about it, man, I'm like, oh, man, just, <laughs> just put it you know out. I want to hear it. You know, the crazy thing about that real quick is, is I've come to the realization that I have to be okay with people saying I'm a liar uh, because the author of that book that I talked about that kind of for me, like I said, personally, I can validate everything that's been been thrown my way. Um, I can't tell people the name of the book or the author because she has specifically asked me to keep her out of this because of all the crap that's brought into her life. And she was very upset that I even found her. And uh, I was fortunate that she spent two and a half hours telling me her side of the story and backing everything up. But 
ethically, I, I can't tell people, yeah, here's the book. I have it in my house. I had the book in my house. Uh, but I, I, I know from that people are like, he's lying. And it's like, all right, it is what it is. So I'm Tony Merkel, by the way, there you go. Yeah. And, um, I still have my cosmic keys, uh, calendar. Use it every day. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sending it to me. And I have stickers. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah. So um, CosmicKeysPodcast.com is my website. And I've got a rock fin that I put premium stuff up on. And um, I do want to plug my band, Moonstone Quill. We're going to be putting an EP out on September 22nd. So keep your eyes out for that. I'll be sharing that on my podcast stuff. Support your local podcast slash musician. That's awesome. I'll check it out. Yes. Lindsay Sharman and I do a show called Day Zero. It's we the best a lot of show ever, besides Union of the Unwanted, by the way. But well, Dan's music is also awesome. So I also think you should go listen to Moonstone Quill. Did I say it right? Yes, Moonstone Quill. <laughs> um, but it, you can also go to rogueways.org if you want to interact with me. I have a show called Rogue Ways every uh, Sunday and Tuesday, Middle Path every Thursday, all of them live stream at 7 p.m. to Rockfin and to YouTube still, although I often delete those right afterwards so that I don't get in so much trouble. Um, so there's not a lot there. If you want to see most of it, you have to go to Rockfin. I have exclusive content there. Uh, and if you want to work one-on-one with me or grab some of the things that I make, like Orgone in my shop, all of that is at rogueways.org. Um, but yeah, Day Zero is on Sundays that Charlie and I do, and it's pretty hilarious. So everyone should yeah. check that out too. Yes, please do. We apologize in advance if you're if yeah. you're <laughs> if we ruin your life. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Uh, Miriam Hanane has more information about George Floyd than just about anybody I think in this country or outside of this country. The world in the world. I think so. Thank you for including me. This uh, podcast brings nourishment to my soul. If you want to check out my work. I'm a real journalist, not a prostitute or a parrot. Uh, you can check me out on Truth Lives Here, Fridays at 11 a.m. And I'm still working on my book and my documentary. I just dropped a story on the latest regarding Charles Lieber, who will be sentenced January 11th. And last but not least, if uh, you check out, there's a show that's going to be dropping on the Peacock channel called Shadowland, and I'm starring in it, so... It might ruin my life or it might change it, but it's about conspiracy theorist victims. So check it out. Christopher Key, Zach Voorhees is in it, the Google whistleblower. It's called Shadowland and it's dropping September 21st. And it's brought to you by Pfizer, which is another <laughs> story. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Nature Boy and I chat sometimes on Skype. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me on tonight. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm not a podcaster, but I'm a producer for the Achelli Effect. And um, we have we broadcast every night from five to seven, seven, no, sorry, eight o'clock to ten Eastern at Ocelli.com. And on Wednesday, we are going to do our premiere episode on Rockbin. And Mr. Ricky Verandis has been so kind as to be in our first guest. So that's jelly.com. Check us out on Rockfin. And 
Jack O'Jelly is a very interesting person. So thank you for inviting me on here. I've had a great time. And we love Chuck. He's he's yeah. a he's a blast, man. If you're not down with the O'Jelly effect, check it out for sure. Uh, Bo Lewis, what is cooking? Tell us where people can find you and your work. Okay, cool. So I didn't really say much, but I hopped on a little late. Um, I had work today, so it is how it is. Yeah. You can find me at Anti-Slave Question Everything, though. That's that's what my podcast is. I'm just a normal, everyday dude, man. And I just uh, am trying to make sense of nonsensical shit that I see around me. And uh, that's pretty much all my podcast is, man. Because I got real inspired by uh, Tinfoil Hat and Sam always being like, if you could start a podcast, start a podcast. Uh, my family's gotten sick of hearing me rant, so I figured it's the world's turn. Yeah, I saw, you, I, I saw him comment on uh, on Reddit. He was posting up some stuff on Reddit, and probably one of the few t- few times I was like, you know what? Um, let's invite him on. You know, uh, yeah. So why not? I really appreciate that, man. <laughs> I really appreciate that because honestly, I am a big fan of a lot of you guys, oh. uh, Tony, Lindsay. You know, uh, I am very familiar with you guys. Uh, you too, Charlie. You as so well, we're, Charlie we're, Robinson. We're, uh, yeah. We're, we're glad to have you on, man. We're, cool, we are, man. we're all trying to figure it out, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we're just yeah. trying to figure it out, too. Ryan Burns, you've got the coolest job in the world, man. I mean, who who owns? I mean, my God. Tell people where they can find out more about you and what you're doing and everything connected with you. Ebet, and it's more of a hobby or I guess a science project of mine. It is spacewolfresearch.com and uh, it is on social media. Uh, I run a little podcast called Hero Paranormal, stands for the Hyper Anomalous Esoteric Research Organization podcast, but just heroparanormal.com or you can find that on Anchor, Podbean, YouTube. But yeah, um, I'm just an ordinary guy with extraordinary beliefs, I guess. Man, I think Makes I heard sense. you on OBDM. Was yeah, that... he came on in, I think, yes. 2019. We chit-chatted yes. about the Skinwalker. It was a great time. Yes, I remember hearing that. Very fascinating. Um, Ricky, plug away. TripleEffectPodcast.com. It's available just about everywhere except YouTube. Uh, also, most of us, if not just about all of us, are on Rockfin. People listening... Please watch their shows on Rockfin. It does help contribute. So if mm-hmm. you've got to pick a uh, a video platform to watch our content, uh, and if you don't care which one it is, use Rockfin. They have an app for Apple, Android, or you can uh, just watch it on uh, any web browser. So definitely check out Rockfin. Mike, we got to get you on Rockfin, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm just lazy. That's <laughs> all it is. I'm just lazy. Okay. Yep. And, and uh, Union of the Unwanted goes out as an audio podcast um as well so consider subscribing to that rating the show if you feel so inclined if we've earned it get some merch get some merch merch. uh macro aggressions goes out twice a week you can find that wherever podcasts are served and also in video format on band.video rockfin and odyssey and you can follow me on twitter at macro aggression and night mike uh, obdmpod.com put out shows twice a week we go live all the information is over there on the website we have fun talking about the lighthearted stuff and the darker topics so you tried the best podcast try the rest head over to the website thanks <laughs> alright we're getting okay. out of here alright really appreciate it hey the music's supposed to be playing yeah I know I missed a cue Ricky 